0: Hilda is obviously over six hundred years old. This fireman was like mid twenties. Yeah. It was a bit predatory. Yeah, getting get, 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 get a getting a,
1: get a bit getting a bit cougar. Yeah. He was he was very he was very young. He was probably a trainee fireman. In fact, yes, he was a trainee fireman because the, the the real the real guys who can really sort of you know sort of battle an, an inferno they're not going to send them to get cats out of trees are they they're going to send uh, Josh on work experience <laughs> so so Hilda seduces a teenager to begin this episode. <laughs>
2: Welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three proud and preening pals review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Boys, we're here. We are at the season finale of our first season. It's amazing that we've got this far already, and we've still got Multiple seasons left to go after this one. First of all, my name is Phil Dean. I am your host and guide through this adventure of all 163 episodes of this amazing show. And to my
1: left is my good friend, Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello, Phil. How are you? I'm very, very happy. Not because I... have uh, not enjoyed doing this season, but that we've got here, that we've reached the end of season one. We've had a great time, you know, through through good and bad in terms of content of the show, but mostly good, I will say. Yeah. Um. It's it's been a it's been a fun ride. And yeah. An emotional moment. Yeah,
2: it's weird reflecting back on the fact like, yeah, we it was just an idea we came up with and here we are at the end of our first season. It's awesome. Uh, being with us, with me and Grain through this whole ride as well, is the man to uh, our right. It's Mr Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. Hello,
0: Graham. How are you, my friend? I... Right. When we first proposed this as an idea, were you... I'm pretty sure that when we settled on it, we were in Manchester. Yes. Uh, and we were having oh,
1: a pint. Salford Keys, we were, in fact. Sorry, <laughs> Salford Keys. That, 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 that,
0: that's the kind of circles we move in, that's yeah. kind of where we roll,
1: you know, we're, we're very, much, very much on trend, aren't we? We are, yes. Yeah.
0: And uh, we'd, we'd been to the theatre. Oh, be, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, are, of, course. <laughs> of
1: course, we'd been to the theatre we We've been to the theatre. Uh, <laughs> what did what, what we see?
0: Was it Dostoyevsky's? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember just going, finally, solidifying a concept, and it was. Sabrina and the Teenage Witch, Yeah, and you a... literally bought it from Amazon right there and then. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, fate was sealed. So, looking back on that moment, I'm fucking surprised we're here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We,
2: we went through a few ideas, some were tried and tested, and no, we just, we settled after a few drinks, thought, let's just do Sabrina, and here we are, we didn't, you know, we, we recorded a few episodes in our first week of of uh, running this, and just, think, you know, well, let's see how it
0: goes, but here we are. End of season one. End of season one, right? That's That's amazing. What? That's 24 episodes. Yes. So how many episodes we've now got left?
2: 139 episodes we have left. We've still got a lot, but we've made a good dent, a bloody good slice of cake we've taken out. That is, it's now, I have no idea how we're gonna... How we're going to improve, Phil. Oh, well, I'm sure as the episodes improves, so the actual uh, the show improves, I'm sure we will, because we've had some ups and downs. This is a first season, so all we can
1: think is that this show will can only go up. On a serious note, I think we have sort of improved as broadcasters, as the um, season has gone on. Maybe the people listening will disagree. I don't know. But, um, you know, I've sort of... Um, I have learnt a lot about... About podcasting during uh, yeah. during uh, the course of this series, as well as learning a lot about us, uh, really the Teenage Witch. And so, a lot uh, about each other as we just come
0: up with these random stories that, we, that, <laughs> well, that none of us know. Especially about you, um, our, our host. Um, I, I'm awfully sorry, Graham, but the whole kangaroo, I'm, still, yeah, I'm oh. still fucking love that.
1: But that did happen when I was five before I knew either of the two of you, whereas Phil has some skeletons in his closet that uh, happened you know d- during the time of our friendship that he has chosen this moment with a live microphone <laughs> to uh, reveal to us so uh, it's been it's been quite a uh, quite a revelation the whole thing yes but you know
2: it, <clears throat> it's it's time to stop patting each other's backs because we've still got a job to do and we still not technically finished season 1 we're up to the last episode now episode 24 the season finale entitled troll ride now boys can you remember
1: what it was about no no. <laughs> We've just watched it, Christopher! Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it was about. It's another weird one. Yeah, um, so if
2: you remember, cast your minds back to our last episode. So Troll Bride is about, well, Sabrina, uh, in the midst of trying to find her lost biology homework for the finals, um, she enlists the help of a troll who finds it for her, and in return, tricks her into marrying him. Mmm. But we get a lot more fairy tale things, we've seen glimpses through the show so far about uh, inspirations from fairy tales, but we actually see an actual fairy tale play out in this episode. Well, yes, we do, yeah. Yeah, in an unconventional way, but still, still some nice throwbacks to the world of fairy tales. Um, so boys, for the final time in this season, in season one, are we ready to crack on?
1: Yeah. Here we go. So the episode... so yeah he, he wasn't ready. Oh. <laughs> really inconsiderate. Jesus, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> oh. You've you've not learned anything. False
0: start, mate. False start. <laughs>
2: well, you, we've got to go with this episode at you know 100 miles an hour. Come on, I need your input. So, Chris, are you ready? I am now. Excellent. Proceed. Stop whinging. Right. So, episode. Graham, are you ready?
1: Well, I, I am, but I, we don't like being rushed. If, if if you if you want us to perform at our best, you know, you need to give us time. You need to allow us to sort of concentrate on delivering art. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> OK, well, let's have a moment where we wait for <laughs> for, um,
2: for my colleagues to be ready. Graham, are you ready? Yes. Chris, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, let's crack on with the final episode of Season 1, entitled Troll Bride. So the episode opens with Hilda waking Salem up from a nap to ask him for a favour. Not before he wakes up and goes, Glee Club! Why the fuck Glee Club? Well, is this a dream or a nightmare that he's having that he's been woken up from? Oh, it's a nightmare, trust
1: me. It's, <laughs> it's a, a
0: fucking a nightmare. nightmare. Yeah.
1: So maybe, maybe a traumatic experience from his high school. May, maybe, maybe, Salem, young Salem, Saberhagen, went to Glee Club, Started singing, and he has a beautiful voice, we've seen. Oh, yeah. But it's a little unconventional, so maybe he started singing, maybe, you know, people didn't really approve of his whole sort of, you know, Frank Sinatra-esque crooning. Maybe they laughed at him, and maybe that turned him against the human race from that point. Yeah, maybe being cut from the Glee Club is what inspired him to take over the world
2: so. so
0: like Hitler being denied access to the uh, to the art school yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe that was the equivalent moment for, for him yeah wow.
2: so, so this gets added into our ever expanding uh,
1: collection of Salem Origins stories so this is
2: probably about chapter three chapter four maybe
1: yeah and you can go to kickstarter.com forward slash Salem Origins <laughs> help us get this thing off the ground
2: <laughs> Hilda wakes Salem up to ask him for a favour she says you know I haven't had a date in weeks he immediately says no causing Hilda to say, Oh, come on, you've done it before. Okay, Salem says, but it'll cost you. And what that thing is, is that Hilda gets dressed up very nicely, a little bit booby, and Salem gets stuck in a tree, causing a hunky fireman to come and deliver him to her. She then presents him with a homemade, mingin looking seven-layered chocolate cake and asks him if he'd stay for a slice. And the best line, I think, in this show so far, this man says... Was it made by a single gal? Hilda is obviously
0: over 600 years old. Mm-hmm. But the actress playing now, we, we what, how old is she at this moment? I can't remember. Uh, we don't know certain, but I think they were both sort of like 38,
1: 39. Yeah, late um, 30s. Caroline yeah. And both,
0: yeah. This fireman was like mid 20s. Yeah. It was a bit predatory. Yeah. Getting getting get <laughs> yeah. get 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 a bit getting a bit cougar. Yeah. He was,
1: he was very he was very young. He was probably a trainee fireman. In fact, yes, he was a trainee fireman because. The, the, the real the real guys who can really sort of, you know, sort of battle an, an inferno, they're not going to send them to get cats out of trees, are they? They're going to send uh, Josh on work experience. <laughs> <laughs> so so Hilda seduces a teenager to begin this episode. <laughs> um.
2: Yeah. Who would have thought he'd be getting a cat out of a tree and then catching tail back at the owner's house, eh? And with that, he goes to put his ladder away, vowing to return. Yeah.
0: What's he going to get out in return? Well, I was going to say, I, it's like, let me... I'll just put my ladder away. It's like, surely that's the complete opposite thing that Hilda wants at this moment in
1: time. She wants his hose. Yeah. 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 Maybe maybe that's it. Yeah. Don't need the ladder, you need the hose. Yeah. Hilda thanks Salem and he just replies with, Show me the tuna! Which is also what the fireman was (laughs) (laughs) saying. This whole thing is. Jerry Maguire? Yes, a reference to Jerry Maguire. Show me the money! Show me the money! Reference to, um, yes, one of the um, sort of uh, classic films of the 90s, one of uh, Tom Cruise's most uh, notable roles. I believe he won an Oscar
0: for it. Yeah, Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooden Jr. and is it René? It
1: is René Zellweger, yeah. René Zellweger. You had me at hello.
0: Yes. Comes from that
1: film.
2: Yes, it is. Um, I mean, with it being in this particular era, could we say that this is... Oh, Oh,
0: heavens above, yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely.
2: Well, with that boy, he's in beautiful unison.
0: That's so nineties.
3: Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money.
0: Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me I'm still drunk. <laughs> Excellent.
2: Um so I don't I've never seen this film, Graham. You know uh, you've it? never
0: seen Jerry Maguire? never
1: seen it, so that's why I didn't know
0: what how, this how too.
1: He's 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 essentially a sports agent too. he breaks away from a big agency, doesn't he, and sort mm-hmm. of goes it alone and he takes a fish with him too. Okay. Yeah. And um Cooper Gooding Jr. is an American football player, isn't yes, he? He is a client and
0: uh, gets him an insurmountable amount of money for playing with... I can't even remember the team that he was going to. No, But yeah, that's essentially it. And obviously you've got this love interest with René Zellweger and uh, Tom Cruise and it goes, It's, it's your standard 90s romantic comedy
1: with a bit of sport thing. thing. Yeah. With sport in With there. sports in and, you know, sort of saying, you know what? Fuck you. I'm, I'm I'm gonna do this on my own. I'm gonna make a success of it. You know, that all that American dream shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's no surprise, it but it was very well received and it, it won Oscars as well. Yeah, yeah
0: basically what the what I, I I always imagine that when it comes to Jerry Maguire, the people writing it or coming up with the concept literally went, We're gonna do a romantic comedy. But we need to make sure that we get a, more, a heavy male audience. What we're going to do? Put sport in? Yeah, right then. Yeah, be, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Sport. Tom Cruise, who's more known for action films. Yeah, and there, straight away you've drawn in the male audience yeah. as well. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there we go. Show me the tuna. Show
2: me the tuna. Show me the tuna. And I assume she does answer the fireman as well. So the title's roll, and I don't quite know the name of what she's dressed up as. Just She just says,
1: when I go out, I like to go Dutch. It's just like a Dutch, like, I don't know, like farm yeah. girl Yeah, it's a Dutch farm girl. Yeah. Yeah. So that's she says it. and going Dutch in American parlance is splitting the bill at yeah. restaurants. Yes, yes it is. So that's the joke that's being made here. and she smacks her cogs together yeah. which make a lovely clunk clunk noise. Yeah. That's the only good thing about this. I the like clunk the, clunk. The clunk clunk of No, cocks. no, you did say before that the joke you actually you described it's, this as a joke.
2: It's a joke. It works as a joke. It's a play on words
1: just not a very good one.
2: <laughs> hey, You know we're clutching at straws with these opening titles when we know, when we're thrilled that at least it was a joke. <laughs> Let me put it this way. When, when, was... when the joke works,
0: like we dodged a bullet there. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. ones that we've seen, some of them have just been like, what the fuck did we just watch? This was one where it goes, no, nope, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Well done. The only one we've actually really enjoyed rather than sort of, you know, tolerated, so given a pass, <laughs> is the one with the awkward uh, staring at the camera way oh, yeah. right after the gags we made. Safari so yeah. good, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's probably the best one we've had. Yeah. At least we can reflect
2: on these, seeing it's the end of the season. That was definitely the best one. We're in Mr Poole's class, and he's going over the entire semester's topics, promising that they'll all be on the test, including mitosis, he says, pointing directly at Harvey. So clearly... That episode dedicated to him learning about it. He still didn't learn about it. Uh, speaking of Harvey, he starts panicking in the school corridor about having to learn an entire semester's work in three days. <laughs> and Sabrina then says, "Well, I think the point was you were supposed to learn it the whole semester." So he wants to be a dentist, doesn't he? Yes, Probably. yes. He wants to be an intelligent person, but he's clearly not good in school.
0: Oh, he clearly can't be asked. No, you, no, no, no! Do you think he's lazy or he's just just I, poorly equipped in the, I, I, in the cranium? I think he just he he's just one of those guys that he he does his best, constantly tries, but when it comes down to it all, it's just a little bit thick. Yeah, that's, it's not
1: good enough, is it? As Homer says of Bart, he's just not very bright, bless him. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Harvey then says, I can't even read my notes. Can you decipher this? He asks Sabrina. So then she reads his book saying mitosis is... Um, nope. So still running on the gag that
1: don't know what mitosis is mate that gag started in what episode 3 Yeah, Yeah, good little callback season end episodes should always have callbacks so I I appreciated this we found that in the past couple of
2: episodes there have been callbacks there was a callback in the Salem Witch Trials episode about one of the characters noses
1: Mm. so they are like Considering how American sitcoms can be with, like, enormous writing teams and, like, the story getting passed from person to person, you know, like, a dozen different writers. Yeah, there is sort of a showrunner who's sort of coordinating it all, but, you know, still different, a lot of different voices, like, mm. going in there. Serena doesn't have that many writers. If you look at the writing credits, they're mainly shared between Nell Scoville, who created the whole thing, um, our good friend Nick Bakai, the voice of Salem, and um, Rudy Kazutti, Frank Conniff. And uh, I think Nick and Frank uh, wrote this episode
2: together. So So, so it's nice to see a little bit of uh, an in-joke, hopefully, uh, coming into fruition here. Libby walks past and she greets them as the cutest couple in the sophomore class. Sabrina, confused by this, asks why. And it turns out that Libby is on the yearbook committee and Harvey and Sabrina have been voted the cutest couple, which is great, despite
0: the curse. (laughs) So... I'm just going to throw this out there. Please. When I heard about this curse, you know, and it goes, cutest couple, there's a curse. It's fucking high school, there are no curses, there's
2: just dickheads and idiots. No, there were, there, were, there were curses in high school, I remember, I don't know the specific ones, but there were alleged curses similar to this, so it's still, these things still applied when we were in okay. school. Okay,
1: no, no, no. This is what I'm saying. Did any of those curses come to fruition? The thing is, obviously, high school is high school everybody's a dickhead as, as 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 you say. So, I mean, it's probably just sod's law of just teenagers just being teenagers not really having any attention span, not really knowing what they're doing that you can imagine a lot of couples probably do break up. Yeah. very very quickly. So, it may have just happened that these these cute couples have have all broken up by finals because it's a it's a stressful time. It is, yeah. It's you know, it's um teenage romance, the course of it never runs smooth. So yeah, you can easily you can easily invent these kind of mythologies in high school because so much does always happen the same way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because teenagers are teenagers and that never changes. Yeah,
2: and as well, this could just be a curse that Libby just made up on the spot right there. Just yeah, to, just,
1: just to just, freak them out. Yeah, yeah just to, she's always trying to get her jabs at Sabrina. That like, said, even if she did make it up, Hildren's elder are pretty scared of it too, aren't
2: they? Well, yeah, we find out that yeah, curses are a real thing, but you know maybe this particular curse isn't. Maybe it's just a fake one. But still, we'll find out a little bit more about this alleged uh, cutest couple curse. It turns out that, allegedly, every couple who has won the cutest couple broke up on the last day of finals. (gasps) Harvey says that there's no curse. He and Sabs are solid as a rock, and that curses belong in fairy tales, along with beanstalks and witches. Ooh, Harvey. He's not being close-minded. He's just being... Oblivious to the to the uh, the world and particularly the girlfriend attached to him, Zelda. Will you choke on this bread? Are the words we hear from the kitchen as Hildas run out of ideas on how to see her fireman
0: again? Now it wouldn't be an episode of Sabrina if Hilda wasn't trying to murder someone, <laughs> yeah, uh, even if it's, it's her own family. Even if it's it, it just that that for me just it made the. F- the finale. It made the finale. Just going, yes, Hilda, we've ticked that box. Murder yeah, It's streak. a nice callback, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. For, for, for our
1: standpoint. Yeah. One last Hilda attempted murder <laughs> for the season. Very good. Hilda's defence, because she's trying, she's trying to get a round again to give a, to, <laughs> to give the Heimlich manoeuvre. I'm sure that's a paramedical matter. But to be quite honest, Jesus Christ. If you, She really is trying to kill her because it's, let's think about it, right? If somebody was choking yeah they'd have well choked to death by the time <laughs> any emergencies unless they just so happened to be round the corner you know and if you call, if you asked for the fireman and they said my friend's choking they'd be like what are you calling us for?
0: <laughs> you know what Graham I'm jumping on the back of this yeah okay so the fireman rescued cats that's one of those long standing things why the fuck does Hilda just not I don't know magically set a fire <laughs> I mean, well, not even magically, just set a fire, to set <laughs> something on fire. Because, after all, I mean, you If know, she's that desperate to get the fireman round, just, oh, look, fire. And yeah. she has
1: no regard for any, you know, sort of risk of life in any given situation, so why doesn't she just do that? Secondly, her defence, which Zelda is angry about, it's not like it's, we're supposed to agree with her, but her defence for... Um, constantly sort of trolling the emergency services no pun intended is that she pays tax
2: (laughs) (laughs) she pays her taxes so she should be able to get a hunky fireman to come and um, sort of rupture someone's ribcage in the process but no I mean if you can handle the weight Graham I'm going to jump on the back of Chris jumping on the back of you Yeah, it's a a very bizarre manoeuvre I mean imagine the conversation like quick the emergency services we need some firemen because my sister's choking to death Um, can you bring Josh round Who's Josh? Um, he came round... The work-ex lad. work ex-lad. Oh, he's not in today. Oh, can you get hold of him? Okay, please hold. Um, here's his number, tryman Yeah, by the time she's probably even got food to Josh's mother... Yeah.
0: Zelda's dead. Yeah. Careless. Reckless. That is why. Don't choke. Set a fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not condoning arson. If If you want the attention of a fireman, set a fire. Yeah. Would you like to meet a fireman? <laughs> start a fire.
2: <laughs> please, no one start a fire. <laughs> no. Yeah, we don't wanna see that <laughs> I don't
1: wanna see that on any like pamphlets around uh, the city centres, do we? The slogan for um, I don't know if it's the entire Australian Fire Brigade or maybe just one city's uh, fire department, um, for a while was fire about, give us a shout. <laughs> it's so gentle, isn't it? It's so nice. It's very polite and casual, isn't it? it? makes the whole risk of burning to death just seems lovable. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're gonna burn in a, if you're gonna die in a fire, might as well fly out to Australia. D- does suggest a rather blasé attitude towards firefighting in in Australia. The land of bushfires, you really can't be too uh, yeah. too uh, careless. So yes, yeah, so Hilda wants Zelda to choke on this bread roll so
2: she can get her hunky fireman Josh from work experience to come around and sort her out. Um, but Zelda says it's wrong to distract a fireman from his duties, which we said Hilda disagrees because she pays her taxes. Damn right. Uh, in walks Sabrina, who then presented with the invitation to choke on a bread roll, just shoves it in her mouth. She's had enough. Zelda snatches it away and asks if she's okay. Hmm, well it depends on whether curses are real or not, Sabrina says. You see, me and Harvey got voted the cutest couple. (gasps) Oh no, no, no! Hilda suddenly shouts, who quickly shuts up. Zelda reassures her everything is fine and she goes upstairs, happy. However, as we teased, it turns out she was telling porkies as curses work double for witches. (sighs)
3: Sabrina
2: can't do anything about it, Zelda says. And knowing
1: will just make it worse. So, knowing is not half the battle where <laughs> curses <is> are concerned.
3: <laughs> yeah. How
0: would a curse that w- is stated as if you are voted cutest couple, you'll break up before finals, how can that get doubly bad? I guess if you, I mean, if it's the whole thing of. Yeah. You break up twice. You break up twice? What? Someone murders know. the other. Yeah. Um, how how is it doubly? Well, if it was death, I guess it'd be. Oh, you die twice. Yeah,
2: it was brilliant. Your your you, you, your true love dies in front of you. They're then brought back to life and, and then just th- killed again. Yeah, but well, I'm, I'm just you.
0: saying, it's like they just break up. The, the, no one dies, you know. So how can breaking up be counted doubly as bad? I don't know. They break up and the whole um, he hates her or. Oh, but.
1: Usually happens. I mean, the whole <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the whole um, sort of thing of knowing makes it worse is a very valid point because if you tell somebody this is going to happen, you know, then it'll be in their mind and they're, they're more likely
0: uh, self fulfilling prophecy. Yes, that, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that thing. So um...
2: it's the next day and Serena can't find her biology homework. She asks Salem if he's seen it, and he's only seen Sports Illustrated because it's lining his kitty tray this week. Yes. So I wonder what
0: else he's been peeing on. Ooh, uh... ooh, on the deer. Right, okay. Okay. Salem used to be a human. Now he's a cat. And he poos and wheezes in, in a... In a box. In a cat little box. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't he train himself to use the toilet? Robert De Niro managed to train his cat I think he in... to train himself. <laughs> <laughs> Robert De Niro on film sets used to just pissing
1: in you, you, you see, you, know, you, you see shots from filming The Godfather, and you know you got sort, of, you know, you got you know, Coppola's like talking Brando through his lines, and De Niro's just shitting in the corner in a box. <laughs> so weird. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It like that in, it's in. You know, uh, we've all seen, uh, we've all seen Taxi. Yeah, We're, yeah. You no,
2: know, you talking to me? Yeah, you dirty bastard! Go piss in the toilet. <laughs>
0: yeah. Robert De Niro's a fantastic actor, I've no idea how to plays And I'm glad he together. can piss in a toilet, Chris. Robert De Niro's waiting, <laughs> shitting in a box. I'm just saying, why does it say them use use the toilet? I don't know. <laughs> well, if Robert De Niro doesn't do it, then. it's <laughs> <laughs> Because, Chris,
2: seeing that I've been led to believe, it's been informed to me that uh, that Salem the puppet has an arsehole. That would <laughs> involve a member of the crew having to sit in a toilet with their face upright. So then Salem so, the so Salem sh- shits in their mouth. Well, just in the toilet. I assume Salem is like a hat so they can sit comfortably in the toilet.
1: That's the point, actually. Is Salem a hat? <laughs> like, I wonder, wonder like, when they stand. Is it, well, are the Muppets kind of work in yeah. that way. Where they sort of want the puppet head. Then they've got like levers to sort of uh, control them. So, yeah, I wonder, wonder what the logistics of the Salem puppet are. Is there a man, like, in... Well, obviously, there must, there must be somebody inside, like, the basket. Um, like, we need on the basket on the stairs and everything. But, yeah, is, is he just, like, on the head? I don't yeah. know. That's an cool. interesting thought.
2: If you'd like to draw what that might look like, please get in touch. Uh, so, Salem suggests that she looks for a finding spell in her spellbook. So, she does and outruns a tiny Dave Grohl... Uh, sorry, Roland the Troll, finder of lost things. Things. Yes. This little tiny
1: man, by the name of Phil Fondarco. Um, he's I say best known, but the by far the biggest uh, project he's been involved with in his career is Return of the Jedi, where you wouldn't be surprised to learn he plays an Ewok. But which Ewok does he play, Phil? He plays the only one that has the death scene. Yeah. Um. There's, if you are familiar, extremely familiar with the original Star Wars trilogy, as as I and many others are. Um. There is one scene during the, the Battle of Endor where um, I think one of the big chicken walker things uh, shoots called Ewoks are running away from it there's an explosion and then one of the little fellas like tries to like says oh,
0: get up you alright
1: and he's not he's dead he's so dead. Um,
0: yeah dead Ewok uh, so he is the dead Ewok yeah out of that entire sequence only one Ewok was shown to die it is stormtroopers with blasters and big machinery against teddy bears with sticks and one Ewok dies. Ewoks are not given enough credit. No, no they're, they're not. They're really not. Like, Jesus Christ, they are so... I mean, people don't like them, okay, but, you
1: know, like, put yourself in their, their shoes. If you took on the Empire with, like, sticks, and gliders, uh, like, made of, like, you know, like, twigs and leaves, and, and, and won, and, you know, and you just said, yeah, come on, you fucking, fucking try us. But,
0: and, and only one of your friends died yeah. out of all mm. the Ewoks, only one was sh- w- died. That is, that is a big win right there. Yeah. I mean,
2: I mean in Game of Thrones, they're always um, going on about the Dothraki and how insane they are. I mean, fucking Ewoks, they were. They,
0: they Dothra- are the Dothraki. There you go, Dothraki versus Ewoks. Who wins? <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Let fate decide. Yeah, that'd be an interesting battle. That that'd definitely make for an intriguing scene. Anyway, if there was a uh, Star Wars sort of Game of Thrones crossover. But do, is this the last of that we see of
1: Roland in the Troll? It's not. He's surprisingly, I kind of thought, considering the role he plays here, is a recurring character. Um, I guess, I guess they just liked old, uh, old Phil. Um, they um. Yeah, they bring him back another four times, I believe, yeah, over the course of the series. When when we watch the episode, I actually remember his
2: face, so I, I do vaguely recall him. Uh, what episode, I don't know what it is. I don't think it was this one I remembered him from. But I do yeah, I do remember Roland a couple of times. So, um, yeah, so we get to see him a little bit longer. Hopefully we know death scenes. I think that'll be... Like, really quite grim would, yeah. but at least if it calls for it he can do it <laughs> um, so yeah Roland the Troll comes out he's the finder of lost things he tells her he'll find whatever she needs once she signs a contract a contract at that she doesn't read Rule one, read the contract. Uh, So she signs the paper and Roland gets to work, running around the entire room until eventually he finds it. He asks Sabrina for his statuary pay, which is not cash, it's documented that it can be anything from the room. She offers a few items, like a a paperweight I think, Um, he tries out a few, she goes, Will you hurry up? I'm going to be late, she says. You know, you look cute when you pout, he says. That's it, I know what I want. I want you! Me? Shouts Sabrina. Yes, says Roland. I want your hand in marriage. But I'm only 16, Sabrina protests. I know you're
1: kind of old, but that's okay. So that suggests that even though Roland looks, you know, to to, to humanise, about 40 years old, trolls evidently have sh- much shorter lifespans, you know, maybe, maybe only about a decade. You can have anything in the room.
0: Sabrina was in the room, I understand that. However, I'm pretty sure you can't... Get a person. Have you studied troll law? Well, she,
2: yeah, she didn't read the contract.
0: No, I mean like, like I'm pretty sure that is some like shady ass shit right there, and it's, it's, it's like like a big no no. Appa- apparently you... not. The
1: laws are the laws are um, you know consulted thoroughly, and apparently it's <laughs> totally fine unless, unless you can find a, a valid reason why not. Then, yeah, uh, yeah, because no. we, we'll explore this whole troll law reverse.
0: I feel like it's human trafficking.
2: Yeah. <laughs> More or less is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I want you. I found your book. Give me you. It's yeah. uh, very very dark and disturbing. But yeah, he wants
0: a hand in marriage because she was in the room and that's what he wants. So you're telling me if she took two steps back and was, not, was on the other side of the door, like two steps, then he wouldn't have been able to call... Yeah.
1: Seems, oh. seems seems to be the uh, seems to be the um, criteria. You've got to be in the room. Yeah, so this that. is a warning to all our listeners. If you ever enlist the help of a troll to help you find things, don't be in the room with it. Yeah, or you've got to be okay with marrying the troll. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some people want to meet trolls in the way that Hilda wanted to meet a fireman. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, so Sabrina sprints downstairs and tells her aunt that there's a troll
2: in her bedroom and she heads to school. In Mr. Pool's classroom, and it's just your regular exciting biology class, well, until Roland comes knocking at the door... Barely being able to see inside the room. Uh, He insists that he must talk to Sabrina, but she's in class, so so he decides to sit until it's finished and dispute everything about biology with Mr. Poole in an incredibly
0: aggressive way. Like, you know how we joke that I get angry about things and I'm slightly aggressive and whatnot? Yes. Yeah. That shit was fucking scary. That was aggressive. alright that was was aggressive he's got no fears this uh, role does he it's
1: very interesting because obviously witches as we've seen are very sort of worried I mean maybe it depends on the witch but it seems like in general they're very worried about their magic being exposed. They'll they'll do it to help them in situations, but they'll never admit to it. He's not saying I'm a troll from a magic realm or or anything like that, you know, he's just a little guy in funny clothes, but um, yeah, Roland really doesn't seem to care. I mean, just generally, trolls seem like they're very, very impulsive, very aggressive, and just do whatever the fuck they want.
2: Yeah. I mean, one thing, obviously, obviously, nowadays, a troll, you know, like an internet troll, someone who goes out their way to make you get out your way, you know, like just firing insults just to get a reaction from you. And that's exactly what Roland is doing here. Um yeah. You know, just trying to get someone, uh, trying to... Just make you argue a stupid argument. He keeps saying, Of course humans have four stomachs
1: and the small intestine is two miles long, does he say? He does, yeah. I've never really thought about that. Yeah, he is being a troll. Yeah. In in the modern terminology, which probably didn't really exist in yeah. the, in this in the nineties. So, yeah. so I only know troll applies in this situation. But where where does well, well, we know where the term Well, it does from. come from the fact that trolls in sort of fairy tales are always very aggressive and sort of, you know, angry that's that's where it comes from but it's funny how much the behavior of this particular troll really does fit in the modern definition yeah cuz it's in the the three billy
2: goats gruff i don't yeah. i don't remember the, the troll under the bridge sort of cut saying that one of the goats was ugly
1: or no he's a proper
2: dick no was just <laughs> being a dick yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, trolls are dicks. Yeah, He was that thick
1: and he was, he was stubborn. That's yeah, the yeah, other thing, yeah, you know, yeah. he's very stubborn. So here we are, Roland the Troll
2: being an actual troll, uh, arguing with Mr. Uh, Poole as he cowers behind the chalkboard.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, Poor Mr. Poole does not quite know what to make of this <laughs> peculiar apparition in his classroom that's questioning everything he says. <laughs> yeah, so.
0: and it's not the first time that Mr. Poole has been in a situation where uh, he's met uh, something, something or someone magical. Yeah, like, related...
1: Uh, Related to Sabrina as
2: well. Yeah, it's like yeah,
0: he's had he's had Vesta take over his class. Yeah. he's had uh, he's had his encounter with the bug, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he he ran into Mister Kazoody yeah. as well. So it's like Mister Poole, unknowingly, is a tried and tested sort of force that stands against the uh, the magical shenanigans that. Uh, Sabrina brings to the school. And also magical shenanigans of course gave him a whirlwind romance with the school nurse as well. Course, so, um,
1: yeah. yeah. Mm. Nurse Nancy. Yes, please. So we cut to the cafeteria where Roland is
2: asking Sabrina about what kind of wedding she wants. But before we get into that scene, we paused it because I recognised a face. I hadn't recognised it the first time I watched the episode, but the second time, we happened to pause it and... There's someone in the background, has an uncredited role, but a very familiar face. Who is it? It's Kumar from Harold and Kumar. <laughs> it is. Calpen. Mr. Calpen. Yeah, he's been in various things. This was an uncredited role, so I assume he was starting out or in very, very yeah. small roles. Oh, very young as well. Yeah, but obviously my head from Harold and Kumar. Um, he was in a couple of seasons of House. Uh, How I Met Your Mother as yeah. well.
0: Uh, he's recently been in the... Uh, he was a Keeper flick. Sutherland... TV show on Netflix, Designated Survivor. He was a political correspondent
2: for uh, Barack, uh, Barack Obama as well. He retired from acting for a few years to, to, to advise Barack Obama. I don't. I can't remember <laughs> What? <laughs> no offense to Cal Pen, but what could he advise Barack Obama on?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Is we're,
2: that where to find really? White Castle? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> where to get some good weed? <laughs>
0: that's it that's can it, I, it. I, I, Cal, Cal Penn Barack Obama and Joe Biden sat in the Oval <laughs> Office just getting high it's getting blazed yeah that's, yeah. that's the only let's, explanation that's the reason. let's just fact check it I'm pretty sure that is right <laughs> no no this I, is I, too
1: good I, I want to know what he advised him on like yeah. I, I I do it, was he just like a campaign did he just campaign for him because a lot of celebrities campaign for Barack Obama a lot of, a because lot of he... them spent a lot of
0: time going to rallies and saying this guy okay here we go I'll just read you the beginning of this actor Cal Penn joining the Obama administration. This is eight years ago. Actor Kelpen, shown in this file photo greeting Obama just days before his inauguration, will be joining the White House Office of Public Liaison. But it doesn't
1: disprove the possibility of um, him, Barry and Joe getting uh, getting blazed in
0: the Oval <laughs> Office. So <laughs> yeah. we're going to say that happened. Yeah, that, that, that yeah, that happened. It means <laughs> it got it, it has to have. he's going to Very upset. So uh, yeah, he
2: doesn't get credited, and you know you have to really sort of research to find him but you know there he is Cal Penn in uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch in 1997 there we go Sabrina beckons Harvey over to sit with him he introduces himself and gets called a farm boy again and again by Roland Roland then stands on the table and challenges Harvey to a fight after a bit more antagonising Harvey stands up ready to proper suck him one well
1: this is again and you've sort of you know um, made me aware of this and made me sort of uh, think of him in this way Again, it's very much like an internet argument with, with with a troll. You know, they'll say an insult which isn't necessarily... It's an, an, it's an unintelligent It's remark. unintelligent, it's irrelevant. But if they keep saying it, I mean, the sensible people will just sort of move away from, you know, whatever medium of uh, social media you're using and just, you know, just not... Rise to the bait, but yeah, some people do just lose it with them. Like, right, that's it. I've had enough of you, you know.
2: Yeah, because Harvey says I've never been on a farm, like yeah. you know. Oh yeah, farm boy, and he actually gets up proper like, to to proper do him in. Sabrina breaks it up and takes Roland out of the room, swearing to Harvey that she'll tell him about it later. Libby then moves a the chair back. I think you could have taken him, she says to Harvey. That was surreal, he says. I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> oh, <Poor> Harvey, <laughs> he's got a proper confused look. Uh, Libby then says, "It's the curse." you and Sabrina are going down, causing Harvey to look really upset and say, oh, why did we have to be so cute? Oh, Harvey should never have to apologize for being cute. No. Sabrina pushes Roland through the front door, angry about the scene he caused at school, and Hilda and Zelda are astonished that Sabrina really did summon a legit troll. She takes them into the kitchen to fill them in, whilst Roland has a little dream about him and
0: Sabrina frolicking through a meadow. And you think, why did they bother doing that? Not even, I literally, my, I said, my first thing was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's so brief. It's like, we do get another medal scene
1: later. It, but like, this 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 initial one with Roland and Sabrina, it's astonishingly brief. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really peculiar, isn't it? Yeah, it's like no it's need fucking for it. pointless is <laughs> what it is. But it's, it's just... five seconds
0: long.
2: Like, <laughs> it's not
0: even five no, seconds. No, it's not, it really isn't. Yeah.
2: Which, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just Sabrina and Roland frolicking and... Looking happy and. They don't even get time to smile at each other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so. It'll take like weird. three steps and then it's gone.
2: I, think, uh, I mean, I guess the only reason for it is because we revisit this um, at the end of the episode, but yeah, a bit uh, bizarre. <laughs> I guess you? they were probably stuck for time, and if you're going to cut anything down, <laughs> it would be that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the kitchen, and Zelda says that his contract is pretty legit, so they decide to look up a troll specialist lawyer in the purple pages. One arrives at the door, and it's only fucking Brian Cranston, boys. It's fucking
0: Brian Cranston, bitches. Yeah,
1: this is quite like it's—it's hard to get your head around how little this would have meant in 1997. <laughs> I think that's probably probably the thing. Like, it—you know—we do have some guest stars who you know were sort of notable names, or even things like you know Biff from Back to the Future showing yep. up. People be like, "Hey, it's Biff." But, like, nobody would have reacted to seeing Brian Cranston other than if they happened to have watched any of the sort of small number of things he had a notable role in. Yeah, I think the the most notable thing he'd been uh, before then, he played a recurring character in about six or seven episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah, and he was in something else called Raising Miranda, but that's not lived in the memory. I don't know how successful he was at the time. Uh, he was a voice actor in Power Rangers as we, well. Yeah, we, he voices a few bad guys in, uh, yeah, in the early 90s. That was cool. But very much just a, a, a jobbing actor specialising in comedy as well. You know, like, you know, someone who's you know, developed a very, very strong reputation as a dramatic actor in um, in recent times, and yeah, he really was just yeah, just to play a one-off character in a sitcom. He was a, that guy who broke free and became the guy. Here's, is put some statistics on it for you. Uh, his first acting role, which was as a quarterback, was in 1980. Uh, he was 24 years old. Breaking Bad started in 2008. Brian was 52. Good things come to those who wait 28 years toiling away I mean you did have Malcolm in the Middle obviously Which was quite a success But in terms of like really being recognised for his acting 28 years Yeah And he's been going strong for the past almost 10 years now Yeah Just doing um, 10 years from doing Breaking Bad And he's uh, Yeah he's still going strong He is yeah Multi-time Emmy Award winner He was uh, nominated for Best Actor at the Oscars for Trumbo a few years back done astonishingly well
2: um so the he arrives at the door um, and he introduces himself to sabrina he says did you sign the contract he asked sabrina yes did you read the contract no have a nice wedding (laughs) Goes, (laughs) goes to leave you can't go hilda pleads you have to help us but you're asking me to break a legitimate contract he says isn't that what lawyers do zelda says right where's the paperwork And he goes to work on it. Um, In the dining room, and Brian Cranston is sifting through the contract, then panics when he misreads dearth as death. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, no, no, sorry. It says dearth, not death. Very funny.
1: What is dearth? A lack of. I mean, death is a lack of life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But um, if you went into a uh, room and you saw that. There was nowhere for people to get out when there was a fire. You might see there's a dearth of fire escapes in here, or something like that. He then gets above his chair and says, Oh, I'm sweating up a storm. Do you mind if I take off my jacket and pants? The weird thing is, it's not the first funny instance of Brian Cranston taking off. Well, it is actually <laughs> <Yeah>. chronologically. <laughs> But it isn't the only funny instance of Brian Cranston taking off his he pants. He does take his pants off quite a lot in a number of... It's like his, his gimmick, isn't it? It's his, uh... Including a very memorable uh, BAFTA speech he gave for Malcolm in the Middle, uh, one of those pre-recorded ones. And he, you know, just... First it just shows him from, like, you know, like, the sort of, like, head and shoulders and he's, you know, just sort of the way people normally are in a suit and tie. And then it, gradually, as he's speaking, the camera sort of turns around until you finally see in the mirror that he's literally just wearing a shirt... And no pants at all, and you get some uh, some Cranston booty. So <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And in the first episode of Breaking Bad, he takes <laughs> his pants off, cooking yeah. meth. No um, yeah. yeah. uh, pants. First, on. first episode of Malcolm in the Middle, he's getting his back shaved in the kitchen, naked. Yeah. 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 Recurring theme there. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, he takes <laughs> pants off,
2: causing Hilda kind of what pants? And he goes, yeah. And he says, "Don't worry, I'm wearing a four piece suit because the fourth piece is a pair of shorts, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which are the which are matching to the rest <laughs>
1: of the suit." Brilliant, brilliant usual so gag. So yeah, so my God, it's there his, his jacket, his shirt, tie,
0: waistcoat, He has shorts.
1: Fa- he has fabulous um, suspenders on as well, yeah. not he? I know, yeah, it,
0: it, it, they're, they're the sock suspenders to make sure his socks don't fall down. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it, it's just that little touch that makes that costume just even better. Yeah, and thankfully for the rest of the episode, he doesn't put his pants back <laughs> on. Uh, just one more thing on, on that, great set of legs as well. Well done, Mr. Cranson. He does have a great set of legs, and it's actually
1: remarked upon... Is that yeah, a by name? Zelda. By Zelda, that's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a knock at the door,
2: and it's Harvey, who wants to talk specifically about the little guy who tried to beat him up at school. Oh, Roland, Sabrina says. Funny story, I'll tell you later. It is later, he says in a kind of I'm sick of your shit way. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> as well he
2: might be. <laughs> yeah. He's had a terrible and very confusing day. But it's, mm. again, we've seen this kind of serious, feisty side from Harvey. Like, Harvey is wants to be this serious boyfriend, and if he's not being fed the whole truth, yeah, between, he's, he's getting really upset and quite angry about quite quite pissed off
1: about her behaviour. I say again, wouldn't you?
2: Oh, God,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. Now we know. If a troll came in here right now and challenged you to a fight, and then... Your wife came in and said, oh, that's just Dave. I'm like, who's Dave? I'll tell you later. <laughs> and then, you know, later on in bed, you're like, so that Dave guy? And she's like, oh, doesn't doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> you'd be very annoyed. Of course what, it fucking matters. You'd be very annoyed, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just... asked to go and investigate that stomping up and down upstairs.
2: <laughs> so Harvey says it is late and again in a kind of really pissed off, upset way. She says he's a friend of her aunt's, but Harvey ain't buying it. Serena just says she can't really talk about it because it's too weird. Sabrina, I'm your boyfriend, he says. We can't keep secrets from each other. But Sabrina still can't tell him the truth. So he leaves quite upset.
1: The thing is, I mean, you do kind of feel for Sabrina here because if she told him the truth, he'd think she was... It is too weird. It It is is... too weird. He would think that she was mocking him Mm. and that she was palming him off. With a weird excuse, and she was insulting his intelligence, which would make yeah. things ten times worse. So it's quite the bind. Yeah, she was it's, in. it's it's upsetting for Harvey, but you, yeah, we are backing behind yeah.
2: Sabrina, going like, "Yeah, this
1: is unfortunately just something
2: that's happened, and only you can sort it out." Uh, back in the living room, and Sabrina wakes Roland up, demanding to talk with him. Of course, communication is the foundation of any marriage, he says. I'm not marrying you, Sabrina says. I'm flattered that you chose me over a clock radio, (laughs) but this is not my idea of romance. Bloody (laughs) is to me, isn't it? Well,
0: yeah, I was going to say, Melissa Joan Hart, clock radio. I like Melissa Joan Hart. (laughs) I like clock radios,
1: but which is better? There's only (laughs) one way to find out. I like the clock radio line. I was also, just generally in, in this episode... Sabrina, I mean, she does shout at him, and she is like, "What, what the hell are you doing, you creep?" But she's pretty good with Roland, considering what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And also, witches, which again is a bit of consistency. Witches really do respect the law, don't they? They do, and not, they do. not not just their own laws either. Human, lo- well, mortal laws, sorry, and and troll laws too. You know, they whatever they do to get themselves out of a situation, they make sure it's above board. Yes. No, absolutely, because you know they. Uh, the
2: Brian Cranston is a witch lawyer. He's thinking yeah, this is all airtight. There's nothing we can do about it. And she, she kind of. Sabrina does understand the pickle she's got herself in, but she's just refusing to, to follow through with it. Yeah. So Sabrina says that this is not my idea of romance, and Farm Boy is. Roland says yes. Harvey and I happen to be an award-winning couple. She says. <laughs> so she says, me and Harvey are meant to be together. So upset with that, Roland heads back to the linen closet. You know what? I've found many things in my life, but I guess I still can't find love. Oh. And with that, he leaves. Not before leaving his
0: hat, there on the stairs. I'm sorry, he's found many things, but he hasn't found love. Yeah, because you try and fucking... You try and buy love. You try and buy love. You try and literally get it. It's like, I choose you. Do you really think Sabrina's his first bride? I don't. No. We don't know how old he is. He looks like he's forty. He, we don't know. He could have. This Sabrina could have been the, his fifteenth bride. We he don't se- know. He
1: seems to believe Sabrina's older than him. So I think trolls have a very short lifespan. But in that short lifespan, I'm sure he's pulled this trick. Possibly with every single pretty girl he's found something for. Yeah. Well, Zelda does <coughs> um, describe this as all oh, that
2: old troll trick. Yeah. So it's definitely something that's been going on a lot. Not not necessarily just exclusively with Roland, but definitely before. not.
0: All- all trolls or, <laughs> no. may, or maybe we hashtag don't know. trolls human trafficking
2: yeah, yeah. no definitely um, you know what I've found many things in my life but I guess I still can't find love what did you do to him Salem says just then Sabrina notices that he left his hat behind Salem encourages her to go give it him back but bad move sabs as we find out she arrives in the magical Renaissance land. No, she
1: she arrives on the set of See It, Saw It, <laughs> which is a very obscure reference. But it was, uh, I think you remember this. It's a um, daytime, like educational kids' program set in um, in medieval times, mainly teaching them how to count. I think um, Mark Spate, the late Mark Spate, played played the king of this kingdom.
3: Oh yeah. And
1: the, the jester was the um, his girlfriend that um, died, and unfortunately led to uh, Mark taking his own life terrible. Anyway, back to Sabrina.
3: <laughs> Oh, Shit.
0: But right, basically, this this set that they're on, it is it is just made of cardboard. Yeah. But it's, it is just it just looks it looks
2: cheap. It's it's the kind of set you can imagine opening
1: like, the centrefold of a pop-up book. Definitely. Yes. But that, yeah, it's very, very much, as I say, like late 90s BBC kids' TV production values. Yeah, it's very... So, it's so it's it could cool. me a lot of that, yeah. It's
2: cool. <laughs> um, so she arrives in the end this magical renaissance land and enters through a teeny tiny door to return the hat to Roland. She gives it him back, then goes to leave, only to find the door is locked, and she's trapped here forever. You tricked me, Sabrina shouts. Sabrina,
1: I'm a finder, not a loser. Mm. Got to give him credit. That is a killer line. <laughs>
0: that is. Maybe he pops that one out every time. Uh, yeah, maybe. He, he pulls I, I feel like that. That's a line that you would you, you'd say just before you kill someone. It's like, I'm a finder, not a loser specifically Arnold Schwarzenegger maybe not Art because <laughs> that was the that was the first voice that came to Yeah, he, he did play Dwarf in Vindicator didn't he
2: so, oh, of course uh, yeah. yeah
1: not obviously he wasn't in Vindicator 3 that they went so, to go with. so a bit, a, bit of a, a bit of a thematic uh, connection there <laughs> what, was so? that Vindicators 2 um, I think I think in, in 1 and 2 and then also he gets his, his robot legs and becomes full size uh, in, the, in the closing scene if you remember mm. you know where um where uh, Joe Don Baker um, is is playing the, the scientist, which was terrible casting. I mean, didn't, didn't buy him as scientist at all, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, thank you. Um, so,
2: uh, so Sabrina, I'm a finder, not a loser, he says. He then tries to discuss with Sabrina the perfect date for the wedding. Back at the Spellmans, and Brian Cranston is still looking for loopholes, being pestered by Hilda and Zelda. Please, he says, I'm dealing with some incredibly big
1: words. Sorry, sorry, Phil. Pretty sure Roland's
0: just kidnapped Sabrina. But...
1: She, by the letter of troll law, she is an acceptable prize. She didn't read the T's and C's for his um, for his his finding. She she is his finder's fee. Ah, yeah,
2: see, so, see. Yeah. She didn't read the contract, Chris. I know. I just, know you're getting angry at the logic behind
1: this episode, but it's it's Sabrina's fault. Yeah, you know, Sabrina's fault. Yep. Yeah, if you get kidnapped. Within the letter of the law, it's your own stupid fault. <laughs> it
2: is. Salem comes in and tells the gang that Sabrina went to return Roland's hat an hour ago and hasn't returned. Oh, that old troll trick, Zelda says. Yes, and it's perfectly legal, Brian Cranston says.
0: Oh, wait, <laughs> so that old troll trick, yeah? Mm hmm. Meaning they have knowledge of this, of trolls leaving hats, therefore you have to go give the hat back and yeah. you get trapped there. Why the fuck did Salem not say anything? Yeah, maybe Salem doesn't know about Salem. It, yeah. Oh, Salem Sa- Sa- Salem, knows. Knows. Salem should know. Salem, Salem knows. Salem wouldn't
1: bother reading up on things like troll things. Uh, Ooh, like- I, well, we don't know how known it is in the witching realm, but I think it's Salem's old supervillain self weird, bearing it. Said may, may, maybe Salem admires Roland's um, scheming uh. as a fellow schemer himself. He was like, "This is a this is a solid one. This i I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it play out." Hopefully she'll, she'll find a way out of it in the end. You know, I'm sure I'm sure it won't come to all that. But I, I want to give him the satisfaction of his scheme working. Maybe that's maybe that's what Salem thought. Maybe. No, that's that's something to consider. Which,
2: no, I like which think- is
0: still still a dick move though. Oh yeah, oh sorry. yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. we well Salem is a dick, isn't he? Really. Uh, we come back to Roland's home and there's a knock on the door. He hopes it's the wedding planner, but it's not. It's Hilda and Zelda who are working to get Sabrina out. Good luck, ladies. Roland says it's an ironclad contract. Yes, Zelda says, but we have a lawyer with great legs. Damn right, great legs. Uh, yeah. They brought her school books so at least she can study while she's being kidnapped. They leave and Roland dresses Sabrina like a
0: princess, which she isn't best pleased about. Mate, I don't think anyone was best pleased about that. No. No, it it just looked gaff. It, did, it does lead you to think, though. Like, he
1: has her trapped. Yeah. And he can basically put any outfit on her that he desires. Princess Leia? Well... Yeah, it Sorry, could go could... back to the whole Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, same universe. It could, it could. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> yes, it's the same universe. Um, he's he's, re- he's a reincarnated Ewok. <laughs> it could go so badly wrong. Luckily, he seems to have quite a very childlike view of marriage. Yeah, of just like you're my possession, which could be very dark in itself. But luckily, obviously, because it t- it's could show it doesn't take that direction. But taking it in an abstract way. He can. He's trapped her. He can do what he likes to her, including dress her however he wants. Very creepy. Very, very creepy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back at the Spellmans, and Brian
2: Cranston finally lands a loophole. The party of the first part may be rescued by a prince she desires. That's great, Zelda says. But do we know any princes? Ah, I'll set up some interviews. Says Brian Cranston. Fucking
0: <laughs> Prince interviews. I loved the it. Uh, that was a great. Concept. I want. I uh, want to see the job ad. I really <laughs>
2: yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. I, look, I mean, we only get to meet three potential
0: uh, sort of saviors, but it's just about. I'll set up some interviews. He, he's got a book. as Yeah. It, it? He's got an index, and he just needed to, to turn to P. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first potential prince arrives, looking suspiciously like Frank Conniff, and though his CV says he climbs walls and slays dragons, he's let himself go of late, but reckons he can handle a troll. Until he smells a freshly baked pie. Is
1: that Frank Connor? It? it is. Frank. I didn't did actually know. <laughs> that's, that's
2: really cool. Yeah, um, it's, it's Rudy Kazuto. Yeah, he's grown up from that small child to a, a prince now. Oh. Yeah. They then interview Isis, a goddess who is more than qualified, except the fact she's a woman. Now it's not sexist. It's the fact that she needs to rescue and marry a girl, but she loses a shit and decides to save it
1: until her next support group. ISIS, not the so-called Islamic State, obviously. Or the dog in Downton Abbey. Or the dog in Downton Abbey, who died because he shared his name with the so-called Islamic State. Um, ISIS is an obvious uh, Xena parody, of course. Yes. If Yazina yeah, made a cameo, I think that would Lucy Lawless
2: would have been great. If she oh, just, I fucking love
0: Lucy yeah. Lawless.
2: If, if she just made an appearance, I think that would be fun. The final interviewee is a small boy who, at Hilda's blunt description of the job in hand, cries because he doesn't want to die, <laughs> which is a fair and valid point. <laughs> yeah, that's. I wonder if that was in the job ad. Yeah, you may die from uh, fighting a troll. Uh, Harvey appears at the door, wondering where Sabrina is because he wants to tell her that whatever weird situation she's in, he is willing to accept it. He's about to leave, but Zelda invites him in, interested in his jacket that reads, termite king. Who is the termite king, she asks, and it turns out that that's his dad's company. So, would that make you
0: the termite prince, Zelda says?
2: Yeah, and that's why I'm leaving the area when I go to
0: college. We've finally learned something about Harvey's dad. He's a termite. So He's a ter- <laughs> <It's> not a termite. <laughs> We finally don't talk about Harvey's dad. He's a termite. <laughs> Let's move on. That is <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's a termite extinguisher. Exter- <laughs> <laughs> he's a ter- exterminator. Thank you. He's not like the I've kids. had a long ass day.
2: In the case of fire. <laughs>
1: he's a termite. He's
2: a
0: termite. But I mean, with, with Harvey's
2: dad, though, he's, um, you know, we've had our speculations that, yeah, he was probably this uh, this all-American high schooler, had a promising football career, didn't work out, and now he's just in a dead-end job where he just kills termites. It's, I think that's... Well, it's kind but of he, been confirmed to us
1: now. He's this not in a dead-end job, so Phil. This is the thing. In fact, it's sort of... You know, I, I love the whole sort of... I love how much we know... And loath <laughs> yeah. about Mister Kinkle without ever having meeting him. I kind of hope we never never do in a way. I kind of yeah. hope she's like he's like um, you know what characters do we never meet. Captain Mannering's wife or somebody <laughs> you know. Like, they're, they're always alluded to but they're never seen. Um, because we now know he runs his own business. Yeah, it's pest control. It's not sort of you know it's not the most glamorous profession, but he still runs his own business. Um, probably makes a fair bit. You know, termite infestations they happen quite a lot, particularly in America, and that explains why Harvey goes on skiing holidays as well. Mm. Um, you know, uh, probably quite well to do, the, uh, the Kinkles, but that further means that his dad probably running his own business doesn't have much time for him. If Harvey's the termite prince and he expects him to take over the business and yeah. contribute to it, which is more pressure on Harvey, something he doesn't want to do. So, yeah, there's... More and more of a picture of Harvey's very unhappy home life coming together, and now we know he wants to leave town to get away from it as soon as he's old enough. <laughs> Brian Cranston looks through the big book of troll law, and apparently, yes, the termite
2: prince will stand up in court. Uh, the only problem is that Harvey's mortal. Do we still have the fixings for a memory loss potion, Zelda asks... Do we, shouts Hilda, with a massive grin on her face, because she's clearly used it many times no, before. No,
0: not many times before. Like, constantly. <laughs> yeah. Like, she, she always has a batch ready to go. She always has those ingredients just ready to do it. Because she just wants to fuck with mortals. Yeah, yeah, and on a daily basis, she's doing things to mortals. Yeah. She would
1: be in big trouble if they remembered. Now, it's so so this it's so, is an th- obviously mischievous face that she
2: pulls yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it's like she, she's far too enthusiastic to know where a an
0: amnesia potion is. I'm I'm still leaning towards that. Even though the Spellman household is massive, there is that basement. There yeah. is a dungeon. Yeah, and Hilda just tortures mortals in that dungeon. Yeah, yeah, Abs- absolutely. Then, oh, it's all right. Drink this. Forgets fucking everything. <laughs> yeah. They wake up back at home...
1: None the wiser. None the wiser. Some scars which they don't quite understand where mm. they came from,
0: but who knows. Yeah. I know, you magic those scars away, mate. Oh, right. They're literally none the wiser. Yeah. yeah Just, she's... they've lost they've lost a week of their life. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because you can heal
1: yourself in Harry Potter and same universe. Same over. universe. Same universe. Yeah,
2: so. <laughs> and we come back to Sabrina's prison, and the wedding is being well and truly planned by a wedding planner. Now, we are fans of finding... You know, members of the cast who haven't necessarily done big roles, but have contributed quite dearly to
1: some of our most beloved series. Yeah, and uh, this lady, her name's Robin Krieger, she has absolutely no notable roles in her career. Probably the most notable thing about it is her stunning uh, resemblance in both manner and appearance to Iza Oh, God, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, she has played some great say what you see, roles in um, in her career. She appeared in Frasier as mother. Not Frasier's mother, just, no, just, just a, just just a mother. mother. She played customer in Desperate Housewives. And uh, uh, this year, this this very year, she's still very much active playing these distinguished uh, parts. This year in NCIS, she played woman. <laughs> so quite an astounding
2: career there. Um, so Sabrina goes to kick up a fuss, but Roland, seeing how stressed she is, decides to move the wedding up tomorrow. Back at the Spellman's and Harvey is drinking a bubbling, frothy potion whilst Hilda, Zelda and Brian Cranston, still without trousers, are staring at him intently. Harvey, what we're about to tell you is strange, so I hope you can accept it. Well, he says, I'm drinking from a chalice in front of a man with no pants. I'm trying.
1: So, what's the truth? Whenever it's acknowledged... Whenever somebody, it's happened a few times, and it, whenever it happens in any show, if something zany is going on and somebody itemizes the zany things, it always gets me. I'm <laughs> um <laughs>
2: I love how you know they're telling him about this that Sabrina's a witch. The whole family's a witch, but I think he's more concerned about why is there just a man sat in, <laughs> sat in your front room with no he, pants on very, staring at me? He's
1: very disturbed. <laughs> Brian Cranston in his pants.
0: I, I'm sorry, but the way in which all three of them are sitting as well, it just it is just a, it's a hilarious image. Yeah, it, we'll we'll pop it on. No, pop it. We'll pop it up on our Twitter and Facebook. Oh my goodness! Like it's just the
2: shot of them and Brian Cranston in the middle with his legs crossed, just. He steals that scene. Hilda tells him the truth, that Sabrina is a witch who is being held captive by a troll and only the prince that she loves can save her. Harvey necks more of the potion quite, like... Good lad. Good lad. He's just about to go through the linen closet, but his clothes are all wrong. So Hilda changes him into a prince. And he's not worried about having to, uh, you know, devour a troll. More the fact that he's worried he has to wear this outfit again. Yeah. So he's kind of like... He he says it's bunching, doesn't he? It's bunching up. Ooh, that's not nice. No, that is
0: not pleasant. Trust me, I've worn costumes that bunch. It is not a pleasant feeling. Especially if it bunches early and you've got to wear it for a while. Yeah.
2: The worst thing you want to do when rescuing a a princess from a troll is chafing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Poor bloke.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is, though, you're right. It's just, when everything gets explained, so accepted of just, yeah, alright right. It shows that he's just like the perfect bloke. Yeah, and if
1: Sabrina ever does poke up the courage to tell him this, this insanity, I'd probably give it 20 years of marriage before um, you do that, to be honest, because it's <laughs> so weird. But um, if she does ever poke up the courage, it seems like you would be pretty accepting of it. Yeah. Just, you know, if, if, you know, whatever it takes to sort of help Sabrina, he'll, he'll do it. Because he's just stood upstairs and he just goes, so
2: I've just got to walk into this linen closet. Like, it's just so like, have so I just so got to do I that? Just, yeah, I gotta so.
0: just do... I just press this button, and then the world will implode. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Excellent.
2: Harvey charges into the other realm, calling out for his true love. She answers his cries and tells him that she needs to be rescued. Seeing that the door to the prison is locked, she magics up some Rapunzel hair, and he climbs up. And we see the true agony of, of a bloke climbing up the hair from someone's scalp. It's visceral.
1: You don't see this in Rapunzel.
0: It's because she uses she uses a pulley system,
1: mate. She does, yeah, she does. She's actually a, a more sophisticated arrangement in most adaptations of Rapunzel to what we <laughs> yeah. see Harvey doing, which is
0: basically pulling on Serena's hair. <laughs> He's
2: literally climbing up someone's hair. Yeah, and
0: I, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I've got I've got this idea, this concept of pretty sure you can't climb up someone else's hair. Well, it's never
1: been applied to the real world. I'm sure someone's tried it. It's probably not ended well. <laughs> no, um, that's what I mean. I guess maybe if your hair was long enough and voluminous enough, if you know, if 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 David Ginnell around about this time had hair that long, I bet you could climb up it because it'd be so thick and luscious. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you know, he, he and it, it would be worth it as well, yeah. of course. I bet, um, bet Pendulette has got some good hair to climb. Up. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you could you could sort of get footholds in his curls oh, and yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I
2: agree. But yeah, she's it's quite yeah it's quite graphic how she's. She's Papa leaning back, and her head is like on the on on the uh, the, the window of the castle, just going
1: ah ah ah, and, and it's, it's... grimacing, howling. This is the most visceral scene <laughs> in the entire show. <laughs> just yeah, it just shows Harvey
2: who you know he's not a small bloke. He's, no, he's a big jock climbing up the hair of this delicate girl. Like it's, <laughs> it is. <laughs> It was harrowing. It was horrible, wasn't it? Uh, So, yeah, he really hurts Sabrina, but he manages to get to the top. He eventually makes it, and Sabrina guesses that he now knows the extent of her weird life. Just then, she hears Roland approaching, so she asks Harvey to hide behind the curtain. But, of course, with Roland being a good finder, he finds him. And Harvey's very poorly hidden. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) feet feet. sticking out. I think he's got his head sticking out. (laughs) Roland fetches his sword, and Harvey draws his. After some instruction and encouragement, from Sabrina, and he starts to fight a little man. The swordplay spills out into the courtyard, and an epic battle continues. Sabrina then offers some air support by throwing her old school books at Roland. Harvey loses his sword, falls to the ground, and is about to be pierced in the heart, until Sabrina thankfully drops her heaviest book right on Roland's skull,
1: knocking him out, and saving her prince. So, we learn from this, uh, this fight sequence that I mean, Harvey doesn't really know the rules of engagement. He doesn't really know what sort of will happen at the end of this. So he is willing to kill, or indeed be killed, to save Sabrina. It really is true, love.
2: Yeah. He's been instructed, you need to go into this realm, kill this troll and rescue
1: our niece. And he's like, yes. She saved him in an earlier episode that... He would go to the same lengths for her. Yeah.
2: So it's good. It's nice that it's been exchanged, but I mean, I think his was more dangerous. This was just, he could have died. Yeah, he could. She could have died. Angered by Sabrina's upkeep, Roland decides to call the whole wedding off. And she and Harvey go frolic gaily in the fields. However, it's cut abruptly because Sabrina realises that they've got to study for
1: tomorrow's biology exam. So they leg it out of the other realm. So Roland must have dreamed he was in a field in Westbridge.
0: Oh, strange, no, 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 no she's, still, her oh, the
1: she's still, still in the realm, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's still a princess, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Roland
0: dreamt of a field that he knew of just down the road from his from his where house. he lives, yeah, yeah. makes yeah.
1: sense.
2: And Harvey and Sabrina go and frolic, and I think Harvey's just got this really really overjoyed look on his yeah. face really really fun and yeah and they run off because they've got to study for tomorrow's exam they both return to the real realm and enter the kitchen and Sabrina is overjoyed that Harvey knows everything and is really cool with it however it's revealed that it will only last for
0: another 15 seconds that's very accurate yeah it's like oh it's 15 seconds exactly it's not like maybe about a minute she pulls that Number off the top of her head as well. She's, I know, she's yeah. not checking the timer or anything. No, no. no unless, it's just like
2: fifteen seconds. Unless the, the the forget me the forgetful potion kicks in as soon as they enter the house again, and it's just Still, okay think, from sixty uh, seconds from now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, your your memory of this whole event's going. But it's really upsetting because Sabrina is is thrilled that Harvey knows, and Harvey is so fine. Yeah, with it, he's not weirded out by the fact that not only Sabrina, which but. This house is weird. There's a linen closet that goes to
1: magical places. And that, you know, it's. They've made, you know, like, probably the most important step in their relationship, and it's all cancelled out. Yeah. Because Sabrina obviously
2: gutted that she has the perfect relationship because they have no secrets from each other. Oh, he says something. Like, oh, Sabrina, I always knew you were magical. Uh, what was I saying? He asks. Obviously, it's kicked in. You were about to tell me what mitosis was, Sabrina says. Oh, right. What is it? <laughs> We then come back to Roland and Brian Cranston, who are filling in the last of the paperwork, entitling Sabrina to marry whoever she wants, and for Roland to own that clock radio he so badly wanted. Back at school, and Libby is furious that Sabs and Harvey are still holding hands and haven't broken up. The test is about to begin. Good luck, Sabrina, Harvey says. You too, and don't forget what mitosis is. It's the process of cell division.
0: We finally found out. It has been a long slog, but I can rest happy tonight. Credits roll, and the
2: Spellman's leave on an around-the-world trip, only for those who ace biology. Uh, And their relatives, Hilda adds. Spain is the first stop, and the three witches vanish,
1: leaving Salem crying all alone on the bed. Thinking that they've left him behind. Well, he tries not to panic. He's like, he's like, okay, just, just stay calm. Just don't get upset. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> uh, but luckily, Sabrina returns and takes
0: him with her. But not before he goes, oh, oh did you leave already? I didn't even notice. So <laughs> that him. is. I am I am very happy that one of the last things in season one was Salem Crime. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm very happy. So, boys, will we hear of their travels in season two? Probably not, mate. Probably not. Probably not. They'll just, they'll reference it one as like, well, that round-the-world trip was great. Boys,
2: that is it. That was our season finale, episode 24, Troll Bride, end
0: of season one. How do we feel? I feel lost, mate. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah,
0: I just, you know, I
1: don't know what to do with myself. I mean, God, I mean, if I, if I feel like that, now, God knows how I feel when the whole thing is over. I feel like this was a very good idea, most importantly. Yeah. I think Sabrina, at least, you know, as far as the, the first season goes, on the strength of that, it's a very funny show, a very inventive show. It has its ups and downs, as all shows do. But on the whole, I've been very entertained and I've enjoyed talking about it. Oh,
2: absolutely! And did you enjoy this episode? Was this
1: a nice way to end the um, I did, I did like season? It. I did like this episode. It wasn't up there with the best, but um, you know, again, it sort of played with magical concepts. I like the whole sort of fairy tale incorporation. I loved Brian Cranston's turn as the uh, as the lawyer. Um, I thought um, Phil Fandarko did you know, a decent job, so I'm pleased to we'll be seeing him again. Um, so yeah, it was it was, an, it was an enjoyable episode on the whole. It's, yeah, a good good end. Of season
2: yeah what about you Chris did you enjoy this season did it uh, did it fulfill everything you'd hoped for in a season finale
0: well in terms of a season finale I, I always I always like to have some form of overarching story <laughs> obviously for, for this it was biology yeah which isn't really that exciting so what I'd like to see in the future series is some overarching story that runs throughout the whole season. Obviously, we dip in and out, but culminates in some larger event rather <laughs> yeah. than just an exam. But I understand why they did it. I understand the concept behind it. I enjoyed it. It was good, and I like that. I do like. I did like the idea of playing with the whole fairy tale thing, which was hinted at at the beginning of the yes. episode. Then we go into a fairy tale. So it was. It was good. I like. I like the way it was put together. I like the cut of the jib. Yeah. As they say.
2: No, I agree with both of you. I think it was a good episode, obviously not the best that it could have been, but I think as a as a season finale, it was very it was very magical to say the yeah. least. Um, and it was nice to have Harvey and Sabrina's relationship progress, even if it was all you know, it was all a dream kind of ending to it that he doesn't remember that she's a witch. But we got to see what it would be like. Well, well, Sabrina at least got to see what it'd be like if she did tell him yeah. soon. Then, So it was a nice, solid confirmation that, yeah, these two characters are meant to be together and they're completely fine with each other's secrets. Yep. For the final time this season, we're going to go to Chris as our resident Rank Master. He's going to tell us what episode 24, Troll
0: Bride, season one finale, scored. Well, considering it was the finale and uh, we had a uh, uh, multitude of different characters introduced and obviously done in uh, and we had Brian Cranston uh, the concept of trolls and fairy tales, Harvey being Prince Charming that we all know he is and uh, the introduction of Roland I'm I'm going to go with well this was an above average episode I great. for show um, it wasn't the best episode it wasn't the worst episode I'm going. The season one finale gets six point five. Brian Cranston's legs out of four. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice, Graham. Do you agree? Six point
2: five. Brian Cranston's legs out of what Well,
1: first of all, Bryan Cranston's legs ten, but um, <laughs> eleven. Eight. Oh, very good, very good. Um, yeah, uh, but the, yeah, this episode, I was, yeah, pretty much agree, with Chris. Above average, I'd. No, I, I think I, I think I will go exactly uh, with uh, with Mister Evans on this one. Yeah, six point five. Brian Cranston's legs out of four. And I'm going to tie up this uh,
2: finale of season one in agreement with Fuck both off. with both my colleagues. We are ending uh, season one for on, only the second time. Yeah, with an agreed score. I too give it six point five. Brian Cranston's legs out of four. Unanimity wins the day, folks. Yes. Cool. So there we go. Well okay. done boys. Hell, Yeah. Um So obviously, seeing this is our finale, uh, we've got to give a few uh, shout-outs because we're losing a couple of cast members in between seasons, which is a tremendous shame. First of all, Michelle Boudoir, mm. Jenny. She's out of the picture
1: now, as of season two. She is. We're going to get a new best friend. I mean this happens during the course of school I guess uh, I don't know how much explanation is given for Jenny's departure if any there's not too much to say she didn't feature too uh, prominently but I, I I thought she was a very likeable character a good yeah. ally for Sabrina to have um, you know someone who's not afraid to be different which Sabrina obviously very much is different in a way that only she can understand but at least having somebody who to some degree appreciates being an outsider yeah. was good she, yeah, thought... she was integral
2: to Sabrina's
0: uh, maturity to growing up yeah. She, she, yeah. Was, she was a very very essential I... character it's one of those it it is a shame that we're losing her but at the same time we don't know we don't know what's waiting for us in season 2 so we don't know if it's going to be a positive or a negative Yeah, it could be thank god Jenny's gone or it could be oh I wish Jenny was still here Yeah, she could be replaceable but
1: Phil who isn't replaceable?
2: This episode was the last appearance
1: of Mr Poole Gene Poole from from the first moment we sat down to watch episode 1 Um, I think it was the first thing that we all sort of... The first thing we laughed out loud at, the first thing we really that really sort of made us think that we've made a good decision here was uh, Mr. Poole's very funny uh, opening uh, introductory scene which still ranks among one of the best um, Mm -hmm. uh, with all the uh, jokes about Mike's cadaver shack and (laughs) so on and so forth. And he's not appeared all too frequently, so it's not as if the show lives and dies by him. But whenever... Paul Feig is on screen as Mr. Paul. We are always laughing. He is a great comic performer. They give him the best lines. You know, his whole sort of sort of cynical but well-meaning, um, downtrodden teacher character is, is extremely compelling and extremely amusing. And we will miss him terribly, guys. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for everything. And
3: uh, now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. Well, this is a delightful turnout. Five, uh, same as last year, which means none of you were killed at summer camp. Since I'll be stuck here hosting parents' night, I guess we'll all be missing the series together. Vindictive, perhaps, but it's what gets me through the day. I've lived a life that's full. I traveled each and Every highway. Now we'll begin with some breathing exercises designed to help you locate your chi. And no, that's not something you left in your locker. <laughs> I did it my way. Delightful. Regrets. I've had a few- years. Oh man, what a dream. Sushi and Kafka don't mix. Don't you understand? I gave up professional haircuts to buy that ring. I did. What I had to do Saw it through Without exemption oh, Why couldn't somebody just destroy me? I planned Each charted course Now that I'm rich, I have a reason to live. Wealth gives me the freedom to teach science without anger and resentment. I can now teach for the pure joy of teaching. More, much more than this I did it my way. Uh, I'm, I'm on QuickNet. My screen name is Biostud. You have the test, you may commence failing. Ask away as I staple my tie back together. Oh, Mike from Cadaver Shack's gonna hear from me. Today, we're gonna be looking at the endocrine system, which includes the thyroid, the pancreas, and the islets of Langerhans, where I spend my summer vacation. <laughs> Hello, is this thing on? I faced it all, and I stood tall, and did it my way. I'm ready for you, little weaver. Come closer. Come a little closer. Stop pouring it! Whoever can explain the Krebs cycle gets a lump of gold isn't learning fun. Oh, well, that was.
2: Um, oh, blimey, that was a bit difficult to, uh, to was, sit through, I mean, him, wasn't at,
1: it? At least we know for uh, Mr. Fyne, it did have a happy ending. He's become very successful for himself, but sadly yeah. behind the camera rather than in front of
2: it. Yeah, I don't know uh, to full extent of him leaving the show, other than uh, Nell Scoville stopped being the showrunner for Sabrina and he. Not necessarily left with her, but when the new showrunners came into effect, they didn't invite him back. Oh. so But he went to have great success writing for uh, Freaks and Geeks. So, you know, it's it's a happy ending, but at the moment, we're a little downtrodden, aren't we? We did, yeah. uh, we did miss Mr. Poole. So thank you very much to Michelle Boudoir and Paul Fyke who have made uh, season one. Very, very enjoyable, and it would be uh, sad to see them go. But we've got new characters, and the teacher that replaces Mr. Poole, I actually remember quite uh, distinctively remember his face, remember his name. So I... I really don't. I only remember Mr. Poole, which is quite interesting because he was only around for one season. Um. So, uh, yeah, it'd be very, very exciting. So we're going to take a little break from the show, you know, get you uh, to get you all aptly pumped for uh, season two. In between then, we're going to do a couple of uh, special episodes for oh. very loosely tied. Episodes. Yeah, very,
1: very <laughs> loosely. <laughs> We're just we're just going to relive... Tenuous a w- doesn't begin to cover it. <laughs> These are the loosest giants ever. Um, so
2: over the, uh, the... In between season one and two, uh, we're going to do a couple of episodes about things we've mentioned. So we're going to begin with... Uh, we're going to look at an episode of Watch Nights, of course. But we're not going to pick episode one. No, we're going to pick just a random episode from the
1: sci-fi era of season two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the connection, if you don't remember, is that Eddie Cibrian, um, two-time Sabrina guest star during season one, uh, featured in that show. We've got another
2: a couple of other ideas floating around, but we'll, uh, we'll be sure to update you as soon as those are on, so then at least uh, we're not going to be completely silent. So, season two, episode one. Boys, would you like to know what it's called? Yeah! Uh, it is called Sabrina Gets Her Licence part one. It's a twofer. It's a twofer to begin season two. Our first twofer. Our first presumably cliffhanger ending. Yeah. So, Sabrina gets her license, part one. How do you think season two is
1: going to start? I assume that the license referred to in the title is some sort of witching qualification, like maybe in her first year as a witch, she was sort of, you know, considered sort of a novice, sort of a, a trainee, and maybe she has to... Display her competence in the witching arts in order to be considered a qualified witch. If she fails, maybe they'll
0: revoke her magic until uh, she can pass. Okay. I, you know what, Graham? That's a well put together idea. I'm not even gonna give a separate, separate point. I'm just gonna back you up because we all know, same universe, in Harry Potter, they're not allowed to use magic outside of Hogwarts until they hit, hit a certain age. So maybe in America, they need to do a test first. And of course, James Bond, same Same universe. universe. He
2: needed a license to kill. (laughs) He did, exactly. I wonder what the exam for that was. (laughs) Um, So, would you like to know what it's all about, boys? Yeah, go on then, just please. Well, you're going to have to wait to find
0: out in season two. (laughs) Uh,
2: So until then, I've been Phil Dean. Thank you so much for joining us, not only for this episode, but the entire season, your support, your feedback... And just your general enjoyment that we assume you're having has really moved us, and it yeah, it gives us real inspiration to uh, carry on doing this. Seeing that it's a seven-season show, and we've still got a hell of a lot of money, a long way to go. Uh, I'd like to thank my colleague to the left, Mr. Graham Raleigh. Thank you very much for this season, Graham. It's been a pleasure. And I'd like to extend my thanks to <laughs> my colleague to the right thank you once again Chris this season it's been an absolute blast yeah it's been fantastic my blood pressure is through the roof with the amount of anger I've gone through for this show <laughs> so thank you once again to everyone for listening and if you want to get in touch with us uh, now and between the seasons just at all if you want to get in touch with us at all uh, you can find us on various means we're on Twitter at Sabrina Watch and we're also on Facebook just type in Sabrina the Teenage Watch and you'll find us there you can find us via iTunes SoundCloud and Stitcher Radio and your reviews and ratings will help us out heaps and there's only one last thing to say may every little thing you do be magic see you in season 2